Today on the show, I talk about how to let go of your ego. I rely on the generosity of you, the listeners, to help support me and this podcast. Typically, I travel around giving workshops and charging a fee for this. Here I am providing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a contribution to what you feel that you've gotten from the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class or more. Whatever you feel that you've received from this podcast, please give in return. Help support me so I can continue to bring you this content. You can go to the link in the episode description or go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button. You could donate in any currency, including bitcoins. So please make a contribution, help support me so I can continue to bring you this podcast because over the last two years, I have not been able to travel around giving workshops and so I'm relying on your generosity to help keep me going and to keep this podcast going. You can also go to the podcast merch shop on the website and buy a coffee mug or a shirt or bag with one of the quotes from my writing to help remind you of your inner power and the insights that I bring you on a weekly basis. You can also go to the podcast website to submit your questions. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so now let's get to it. Beautiful am I Bountiful am I Blissful am I Why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone again. I hope everyone is doing well. It's been a very interesting week. If you've been paying attention to the news, maybe not the mainstream news, but the news in general about what is happening in Canada and hopefully spreading around the world. It's quite interesting and uh, it's uh, it's great. We, we see that the Canadians are actually fighting for their freedom. And this is the way to do it. Like I've been saying for the past two years, just meeting in a plaza for a few hours and going home does nothing. You have to stop participating in the mandates and uh, or, or disrupt in a peaceful way, disrupt the life so that there needs to be some attention put on your needs. And it's quite interesting as we see these protests break out all over the world. You can see in Australia, New Zealand, 
And uh, hopefully the U.S. will start to happen in Europe. I hope to see this in Europe. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised Austria, it hasn't happened there. But it, it's interesting to see this spread. And the question then becomes, or not even the question, but it becomes apparent that the governments around the world have no interest in serving the citizens. Because you think in any so-called democracy, what is the point of the government but to represent its citizens? And how is it representing its citizens when the majority of them are dissatisfied and it's not listening to them? It shows you that this idea that we have of a democracy is just an illusion. And even it's not an illusion anymore. If you think Europe is a democracy with this European Union, look at Austria. You think that's a democracy where they're going from person to person on the street asking for their paperwork to show that they're vaccinated if you don't get it? The first fine is 600 euros. The second one, I think, is like 1,500, and then it goes up to 3,000. You know, it's ridiculous for a vaccine that has not even been proven to be uh, effective against transmission of this virus. And I have to be very careful of my wording as as maybe some of you already know, my last episode was pulled off of YouTube for the content. And uh, I was warned by the fact checkers of, of YouTube that my content didn't meet their approval, which uh, they didn't want to clarify what part didn't, and they didn't want to back up what they had to say, but just in a general statement, they pulled off my last episode off of YouTube. And this is what we're facing, this censorship around the world. And you can see where this censorship begins and continues on to money. And look at what they've done in Canada by taking the GoFundMe and, and freezing this. In fact, the company itself, GoFundMe, was going to just steal the money and give it to other charities until there was so much backlash that they said, okay, we'll refund it. And now they're freezing bank accounts in Canada that are attributed to helping the truckers and to the truckers. It's uh, And this is what they really want to do is to be able to control the money. This is what they're all heading for. All these governments is a digital federal bank currency. And once this happens, it's all over. There's no way that you'll be free after that. I mean, imagine if there was a digital federal currency in Canada right now. They can easily, with the push of a button, program it so the money cannot be spent could only be taken out under these conditions. They can put whatever they want into the program of the digital currency, and they can stop you from using your own money. And if that is not control, what is? And this is where it's heading, is this federal bank digital currency in all the countries. And I think they're, what they're going to do is to push people to this cryptocurrency, to Bitcoin or whatever other one is going to uh, take over or be the most popular, and maybe there'll be a handful of them. And uh, and also, you can even donate to this podcast in Bitcoin now. I accept Bitcoin on the website. You see what these governments are, are 
trying to do. I mean, look at Canada. How authoritarian is it where they're freezing money, they're stealing gasoline from the protesters? There's many things going on that are not done in a free society. And so you you can see where this is all heading. In fact, there's a video I just posted to social media when Trudeau was asked during a speech, what country does he admire the most? His response was China. <laughs> he didn't even try to hide it. This is something that was being televised, or not televised, but uh, there were reporters from, from uh, the newspaper or from the news, and it's on videotape of him saying the country he admired the most was China. And you can see he's a weak leader. He's running and and what he's doing. So I I hope they continue, and I hope this rolls over into the other countries. Again, we see it happening in Australia and New Zealand. They're starting to protest and, and fighting back for their freedom. Hopefully the U.S., did they fight a little more and I think the ones that that have to really be pushed into this, I I don't know why it's not happening here in Europe. You can see in France, they try to do this protest, and the police there are super aggressive. There's video of them beating people, and and, uh, yeah. So this is what this world has come to. There's no more democracy, as we see. The European Union is definitely not a democracy. If they're allowing what's happening in in Austria, then they either need to change their website to say that they're not promoting a, a democracy, or or they need to kick Austria out of the EU. All right, yeah. Send me your thoughts. Let me know what you think about this. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can go to the podcast website and shoot me a message, and share your feedback. Because it's been a while. I mean, it's go, it's over two years now. And I don't know what most people's lives are like, but I can tell you this has really disrupted my life quite a bit. You know, I, I live outside of this uh, system. And so maybe it was more apparent for me what was happening than people who are somewhat in the system. But I've been locked out of my shop in India, I can't go back there, so I can't make flutes. I've been unable to travel to give workshops because most places are not uh, open for business this way. And if they are, they're too afraid to to organize any workshops. So for two years now, I've been unable to really give workshops. The one time I started, I gave a few workshops in, in uh, Amsterdam and Holland and, and in Belgium. And was scheduled to give some more, and then everything got locked up again. And again, I can't build flutes, so my flute business is really suffering. Uh, my workshops are non-existent, and so you can see what this is is doing to people who are not in the system. And uh, because of my life, the way I kind of move around, and 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 without really a permanent place to live. It's been very challenging. And, uh, you know, maybe this is why I push these ideas or to 
try to encourage people to fight back because I can see what it's doing to me, and I know that what it's doing to the people who are in the system is it's locking you guys in there stronger and stronger and making you part of this slavery. And if you don't think this is happening, you are unaware because, like I said, once they get this federal bank digital currency, it's all over for you. And, uh, yeah, so, okay, <laughs> so enough about that. Uh, again, send me your messages, send me your donations, I could use them. And But anyway, let's get to today's topic, because it's, it's important. Uh, all these ideas, all these, um, this psychology or this yoga psychology, this idea of self-realization is important in all times. Uh, you know, it, it's, there's a lot of distractions going around the world. We see because of the attention necessary to try to create a life for yourself and not be restricted, that it does take me out of out of this this uh, focus, out of my focus, and I'm sure it's doing this to to many people. And we can see this by the amount of problems that are happening in our society with the lawlessness in some places, the crime, the drug addiction, all these things, the suicides, mental health issues. And it's all this noise. And it's important to try to create the space to let go of this. But even when you're focused on this, whether you're a yogi or just someone who is focused on bettering yourself and letting go of this uh, attachment to, to the material world, it's important to still stand up for your rights. It's still important to be part of society in some respect. All right, even the Sikhs, they have this spiritual fight in the worldly fight, and it needs to have some sort of balance. And one of the things that's really important when you start, or not even when you start, but the entire time down this path, is the ego. We can see this ego in, in society quite well. And in fact, we can see it in, in the fight for your attention, right? In the last, I don't know, the last few weeks, right? There's been this big battle against Joe Rogan to get him taken off the mainstream media. Doesn't understand why is he so popular? You know, he's getting 11 million downloads per episode, a little more than me. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you look at CNN and they're getting like a half a million for people watching their episodes. And why is it that they have this big disparity? And you can see it. You know, the one aspect of the ego is to learn to let go of it. And this is what I want to talk about is how to let go of your ego. And you can see one thing that, whether you agree with him or not, that Joe Rogan is very good at is not being so attached to the ego. And you can see this in his capacity to admit when he's wrong, to change his mind, to understand that he's not right all the time, and to allow himself to not be attached to his, his uh, beliefs. 
And this is the way you need to learn is to let go of this ego, let go of this attachment. Because what is the ego? Really, where is it? Let's begin with this. Where is the ego located? Right, The ego is just a construct of the mind. Your ego forms as a source of identification. It's your response to this question of who are you? It's this persona that you develop, you cultivate through your experiences of life, through your ideas of what you think will help you to deal with life, to deal with this world. And really what the ego is, is it's just a collection of thoughts that you identify with. It's nothing more than a group of thoughts. The problem is that people get so attached to these thoughts and they mistaken these thoughts for who they are. And this is the problem, is that the ego is based on these false identifications. And we've talked about this many times, these false identifications. And you can, you can go to episode 17, who you think you are is wrong, and episode 18, when who you think you are is shattered. These are really good episodes to understand this false identification. But basically, identifying with your thoughts is the problem with this ego, is that you think these thoughts are you. And we confuse these thoughts with who we think we are. In fact, they're based on this idea of of what is going to define who you are and what's going to protect who you are. So you create this ego, these thoughts, and then you react to these thoughts. And the more you react, the stronger the identification becomes. And this is how habits become addictions. You have a thought that you identify with so strongly that you react to it. This is addiction, right? You have an aversion or a desire for something, and these are both attachments. And this is what feeds this addiction. And the ego is based on the attachment to the collection of thoughts that you have. And we try to replace this, these thoughts when we have addictions, right? We have an addiction for some behavior. Let's say that it's drinking alcohol or taking drugs and you wake up every day and you say, oh, I need a drink, I need a drink, and, and you go and you have a drink. And this is your addiction. It gets stronger and stronger. And then one day you say, okay, I can't continue this. I have to stop drinking. And so you stop drinking, but instead of repeating the mantra, I need a drink, I need a drink, you repeat the mantra, I can't drink, I can't drink, I can't drink. So what you've done is you've traded one attachment for another attachment. And while the second attachment is better for your liver and better for your life, probably, it's still an attachment and it's not going to bring you ultimate peace. Instead of replacing one thought with another thought, you have to just stop the thinking. Stop the attachment to these thoughts. And the same thing with the ego. What you need to learn how to do is to remove these attachments to who you think you are. Because when you begin this phrase of I am, it's a very dangerous phrase because it's setting you up for this false identification. 
anything that you say after this I am that is temporary is untrue. Anything that changes is not you. You are the permanent, the only thing that doesn't change. This is where your search should be focused on because the things that change are not you. They're temporary things, the mind, the body, all this stuff is not you, the thoughts. Of course, in today's society, we use this phrase, I am a yoga teacher, I am a lawyer, I am a doctor. But how attached are you to this idea? I am a homeowner, I am a father, I am a mother, I am a teacher, I am, I am, I am. And the more attached you are to whatever it is that comes after I am, the more difficult your life is going to be. And this is really the beginning of your depression also. What is depression? But it's the result of this attachment to this I am idea that is not working for you. Now, sure, there's depression that comes from head trauma, that comes from some deep uh, physical trauma we know about. But I'm talking about just the typical depression people get in when they endure the fluctuations of life. You lose your job, you lose your home, you break up from a relationship, you lose your partner, whatever it may be. And the more attached you are to this idea of who you are, the more difficult this time is going to be for, for you, right? So you, you lose your job, you're a, a lawyer, and you lose your job, and this is how you perceive yourself, that this is how you value yourself. Because, hey, you went to law school, you, tried, you studied very hard, you uh, worked very hard to get to a certain level in life, and then it was taken away from you for any reason whether the company went out of business or, or you did something wrong or, or whatever it is, but you are no longer a lawyer at this moment. You're unemployed. And so this question of I am you ha- doesn't really fit anymore. And so you start to get depressed because you feel that you're losing your identification, you're losing your purpose. And the more attached you are to this aspect of your ego, this this identity that you have created, that you have constructed, that you have attached to the deeper and longer the depression. And in fact, what is depression? But it's really this false identification that no longer fits with your life, but you're having difficulty in letting go of it. It's, it's, it's kind of a death and rebirth. And this is the feeling that people get in, during deep depressions. And you start to lose this idea of who you thought you were. And when you're able to let go of it, you're able to start to grow back. And this is not a disease or an illness, like some, many people think. Sure, again, there's depression from head trauma, and this is something completely different. What we're talking about is depression from just the trials and tribulations of life. 
it's a growing pain because it's saying that this idea of who you think you are is no longer working. You need to expand it. You need to open up and let let it go. And so it's this growing pain that you need to readjust to, to open up and let go of this false identification so that you can start to see yourself in a more holistic way. And again, this is a false identification based on this ego, this collection of thoughts that you're identifying with. And so if you're depressed, start to look at yourself and say, hey, what am I identifying with in the past that is no longer working in this moment? What has changed in the last few months or year or whatever it is that you're going through this difficult period? And what is not working for you in this way of seeing yourself? And how can you learn to let go of this idea to see yourself in a more open way? And I always equate this to like a baby who's getting their teeth in, right? They're getting their teeth in and it hurts and they're crying and they're crying. But as soon as they're able to to allow the teeth to come in, they're able to eat a wider range of food, to consume a wider range of food. And this is the same thing with ego. As soon as you're allowed, you open yourself up and let go of this attachment, you're able to see a wider perspective of your life, of life in general. So this is one way to look at this ego. But also we, we have this ego that, that we use to try to protect ourselves. And we behave based on how we see this. I am a tough person. I am a uh, confrontational person. I am a this person. I am that person. And we start to mistake in these things for aspects of our personality as part of us. But really, they're just reactions to feelings. And we've talked about the sensation and the reaction to these sensations in many episodes. You can go back and look at those. But what we want to do is learn how to let go of these false identifications of who you think you are. Because when you identify with these thoughts, which constitute your ego, it limits your experience in life. How you envision yourself determines your path. Your perception of who you think you are is the only thing that changes. When you could change this perception, then you can see yourself in a different way, and then your actions will fall in line with this perception. So the more limited your perception of who you are, the less varied your experiences in life will be. And this is what closes people down to taking chances is because they see themselves as a failure or they see themselves as not worthy or they see themselves as this culture. In our culture, we don't do this. Or I'm a man or I'm a woman and we don't do this. Or I am this background or that background. I have this education. And all these things are just borders, borders in your mind that create borders in your life that restrict your experience. So you need to learn how to let go of this ego, how to not be married to your thoughts. There are many ways to do this, so we'll go through a few ways to how to let go of your ego. And we can look at the physical aspects of yoga as a good starting point to learn to let go. The more flexible your body is, the more flexible your mind is. 
And the more flexible your mind is, the easier it is to change your patterns, to let go of these predefined uh, ideas of who you think you are. Speaking of, of ways of doing this, we do this in relationships all the time. We do this in ways to protect our heart, right? We use the ego to protect our heart, and then the ego is easily hurt, and we mistakenly call this a broken heart. But really, it's just a hurt ego because we feel that something happened bad to us or someone got the best of us or that we're no good, we're not worthy. And all these things that we think have to do with having a broken heart really are about the ego. We do this in friendships, right? We have problems with our friends or with different people we interact with. And instead of apologizing to them or facing the situation, we avoid it because we're, our ego has been hurt and we don't want to lose the strength we've built up in this ego to protect ourselves and, and be vulnerable. And so this ego protects our, our vulnerability. We hide our vulnerability behind this ego. And how well does this work for your relationships? Not very well. Another way to let go of the ego is to let go of these strict definitions. We often put economics and comfort above experience because it's hard for the ego to let go of the things that we've built up as representation of our life. And I can tell you this from personal experience. You know, I've had a house full of all the things I've acquired and nice cars. I've had nice clothes, all these things, and lived this life. Uh, I worked towards this life for many, many years, going through many years of, of education and of working and learning to let go of this, to move, remove all these things so that I can live out of one, I don't know, one backpack that I've been living out of for close to 20 years, right? 15 years of living out of one backpack. And that was really... I don't uh, recommend that everyone go to this extreme. You know, it's not necessary, but for me it was. You know, I wanted to to really take away this focus of economics and comfort. At, what was I, 16, 17 years old, living in my car, and I remember telling myself, okay, I'm never going to be poor again. I want to be rich. And I got to the point where I was making quite a bit of money and still unhappy and had to then say, okay, I've tried this way and this isn't the way that was going to make me happy. Let's go the opposite direction. And after working my way all the way up, I let everything go and and just walked away from this life to try to really let go of this ego. And so what I'm telling you is from my experiences of ripping these ideas of who I thought I was out of my mind, to rip these thoughts that I had cultivated and grew over years and years of focus. And it's very difficult because often we think that because our economic or our living situation is reduced, that we're going backwards. And believe me, I lived this and, and uh, for a long time. 
And so we cling to these things to support our ego. But if you let go of this, then it's it's uh, it's freeing. And I, I know some people who have done this to some extremes. And even if you don't do this to an extreme, maybe you have to do this to create the life that you want. You know, maybe, okay, working the job you're working now is not bringing the satisfaction, but you don't want to do what I did, the extreme. And so you find ways to be more flexible, to change this perspective, to change this outlook. And you try to let go of these strict definitions of who you think you are. And uh, yeah, this was a big challenge uh, for me to do this. Of course, you know, I went to an extreme of doing this, but I know it's a challenge for everyone. When things uh, don't go as planned and they have to change their life or when even they go as planned, but they're not bringing the satisfaction that you're really in need of, that you want, or that is going to bring you true happiness or that it's going to allow for your authentic expression. Because really, what is behind the ego but authenticity? And the ego is preventing this authentic nature from coming out. And again, going back to Joe Rogan and all these talks about him and why people like him so much is because his authenticity is very close to the surface. There's very little ego there. He's able to let go of these ideas. He's able to let go of these thoughts. He's not attached to them. He's not driven by them. And so he is free of this. And so his authentic nature really comes out. And this is what's beyond the ego, is this authentic nature, the true self. And so the next thing to really learn how to let go of the ego, a way to let go of the ego, is to engage in experiences out of your comfort zone. And I think I've talked about this before, is that we tend to draw boundaries around our experiences through our self-perception and our identification. Right, We judge ourselves in relationship to these experiences. We say things like, I could never see myself doing that. Or, oh, that isn't me. When you do that, what you're doing is creating this boundary of what is possible for you. And we restrict our experiences also through the identification of culture, groups, sexes, nationalities, all these ways. And this is a big one. It's, oh, our culture, we don't do this. Or our uh, people of my background, we don't do this. And and this is why the great Terrence McKenna used to say, culture is not your friend. Because it's an operating system that creates these boundaries, these borders, that put you in this, this limited expression, this limited experience. And so what I do or what I've done in the past to let go of this identification to this perception of saying, oh, I could never see myself doing this or this isn't me, is every once in a while I would take some kind of class or workshop or do some activity that is totally opposite of what I would imagine myself doing. Not that I'll continue it, but just that I try it so that I open up this idea that, oh, I can do this too. Even though maybe I don't find it as interesting or I don't see myself doing it, I tried it and I did it. 
this is the way that you can do this is find these activities that are so against your nature and try them. You don't have to master them. You don't have to do it all the time, but just every once in a while do them so that you can let go of this false identification of these thoughts to get closer to this authentic self. You know, have these experiences that are not typically experiences that you would have. You can take a workshop, a class, uh, whatever it is. This is very effective because it's important to not be bound by any uh, restrictions when it comes to the way you perceive yourself. And all these comforts that we get into of these restrictions of how we perceive ourselves and the borders we create in our life to create a safe life, to create a happy life, are really, a lot of them done out of fear. And I can tell you, of course, I go to extremes for good or bad. I I tend to do this. And so I, I can feel the effects of these quite intensely. And it is very difficult to let go of this idea of who you think you are or who you thought you were and go to the unknown because it's it takes a lot. It takes a lot of drive. It takes a lot of courage to head towards the unknown, to face these obstacles that you can't see. And they're very difficult, these, these thoughts of how you perceive yourself and how you feel in relationship to your life. And I can tell you economically and professionally, and when I first went through these big changes of letting go of all this thing I created and, and heading into this other path, that it, in a way it was very difficult, in a way it was, there was no other choice for me. And in your life, you need to look and see what is holding you back. How is this perception of who you think you are holding you back? How do you answer this question of who am I? And when you describe yourself to people, I am, what comes after that? And whatever comes after that, how attached are you to that? If it were to change tomorrow, would that be difficult for you? And for most of us, it would. So I'm married, but if tomorrow I wasn't married, who would I be? If I'm a homeowner and then tomorrow I have no home, who would I be? If I'm a lawyer, a yoga teacher, a doctor, and I'm not one tomorrow, who am I? And go through these these thoughts. Try to list them. I am, and try to list all these ways that you perceive yourself. All these identifications that we attach ourselves to. This is the ego, just this collection of thoughts that you identify with. That's all it is. And you want to remove them to get to your authentic nature to see this beautiful self-expression come through in your authentic nature, to be authentically you. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. 
The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, please go to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com. Send me your questions. I'd love to hear from you to get some feedback. And uh, also for a donation, please go to thestoryofmepodcast.com. And on the contact page, there's a donate button. You could donate in, in euros, dollars, pounds, and even Bitcoin. And uh, there's a link also in the episode description. Also, go to the merch shop on the website and buy yourself some podcast merch. And please go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast so I can get a little more exposure. Share it with a friend. If you know someone who you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Help me get the word out. This does a lot of good for me. It helps me get exposure for the program. And then I can get you some more episodes with some interesting guests. Until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions.